Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, what's up, everybody? How we doing today? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. First day of our Eagles season. <laughs> and uh, happy to also be in church and deliver the word of God. My name is Joey, by the way. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to welcome all of our locations, those who are with us online. And uh, we're excited, obviously. We're launching our block group season today, our fall. And, uh, but there's, there's so many things coming up. I'd love it if you would, at every location, and then uh, obviously you can see this if you're online, but at every location, I'd love for you to grab those invites that are on your seat. Everybody get them. You might be sitting on them. You might have thrown them at somebody. Uh, you might have put them on the ground. Bad stewardship. Okay, take those cards, grab them, and, uh, and, and wave them at me if you, if you can. Show me that you're listening. Uh, these are simple invites to church. This is our anniversary, our nine-year anniversary coming up, okay, in a couple of weeks on the 24th. I really want to encourage you to invite people every week, but this is an easier day. We're giving free t-shirts out to everybody, and uh, it's going to be a really fun day, but obviously we're going to preach the gospel. So pray with me real quick. Lord, use these invites and that day to bring people into your kingdom from hell to eternity with you. Save people on that day. Use us in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, take them, give them out. All right, so we are continuing our series, Fam, I Love You. Fam, I Love You. We're just talking about church family, being a part of a greater family. Uh, that's what we're into week two today. And... Um, I don't know if you've ever hung out with friends before and you've said the line, I needed that. I needed that. And uh, one time uh, I was in Arizona and uh, I, I was hanging out with my friends and we were out to dinner and it wasn't, it was a, you know, it was, it was a, it was a decently nice restaurant. They had white tablecloths and, and I'm, I'm a clumsy person. Okay, uh, you know, like, like I always have this dream that like I'm gonna walk around and carry for protection and stuff, but I would shoot myself, you know, like I'm, I'm a clumsy person. And, and so anyway, um, but, but we're at this restaurant and we're sitting there and the first thing I do, and I'm notorious for this, I spill my water. Okay, spill my water. Ruin the tablecloth, you know, just all over. <laughs> they have to change the tablecloth because it's, Sucking wet. Okay, no big deal. All right, so new water. And then uh, the next thing I do is I'm just excited, okay? And I, I spill, I knock the bread basket off the table. Now, uh, bread goes everywhere, but it was like, you know, again, it's a decently nice restaurant, so the, it's metal. Like, so the, when the bread basket hit the ground, just very loud in this proper place. So, you know, and I'm giggling because I'm just, I, and my, my friends are embarrassed of me, which is normal. So then we continue to eat, eat the, the food. And then uh, in between dessert, I, I spilled my glass again. And at this time, um, the glass broke. I caught my finger 
And so the, the lady, the, the, excuse me, the waitress, she, she comes over and she, gives, she has to give me a Band-Aid uh, and then she has to change the tablecloth again <laughs> and bring me a new drink. No, I was not drunk, okay? Uh, uh, I'm just clumsy and also I was not embarrassed. Um, Pastor Derek says it like this. He says, wherever you go, you need a chaperone. And, and, but the thing is, is I laughed so much at that dinner and I just, I was, I was thinking about that as I was developing this message and like sometimes community friendships can be so life-giving that even laughter, the Bible talks about that being medicine. Where true community, you can finish with it or be in it and go, literally, I needed that. And at that time, when I was at that restaurant, I was going through something personally. And I, at the end of that trip, I was just like, man, I needed that so much. And so I want to preach a message today. Uh, you, you may have already seen it, but I want to title it, I Needed That. I Needed That. I want you to look at somebody next to you and tell them, I might need you. I might need you. I might need you. If you are a man and you're looking at your spouse, you definitely need them. <laughs> the ladies are like, I'm not sure I need <laughs> So, I'm just kidding. Men are great. Um, so, so biblical community, friends, it's not just a recommendation, okay? Uh, I believe it's an engine that propels you forward on your Christian journey. I want to read some instruction from Paul, uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. The Bible says, So, as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power, this is the Amplified, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Beyond all these things put on, and wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity. For everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. Let the peace of Christ, which is the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members in one body or family, of believers and be thankful to God always. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's word is so good. And typically I preach a narrative style message, but I'm actually going to draw out some statements from this passage. And I really want you to take notes today because I think what I'm going to share with you is really heavy and it's really good. I don't want to say heavy. It's just, it's a lot. And this is the perfect sermon to take in your block groups and further the discussion. I can't give you all the context for all these statements today. You need to take this and study this out with friends. And so I want to encourage you to take notes today. 
as I give you some of these statements. But before I do, let me just, I guess, remind you that Jesus, he had 12 good friends and three best friends. Paul, he had tons of friends and teammates and an obvious spiritual son and Timothy. Jesus calls you and I friend among servant, child, sibling, and bride. The book of wisdom Proverbs addresses friendship and pleads careful choosing and endorses the value of quality friendship. Two of the most popular verses in scripture are around relationship friendship. The golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, that all of you read at your wedding. Love is, right, patient, kind of all these things. Which that actual passage is about friendship. It's about Christian community, unity. And so I, I, I wanna say again that, that Christian and biblical community, it's, it's not really a recommendation. It's, it's almost this like, hey, you got it. You need this. You need each other. And so let, let me give you five statements today. Here's the first one. Christian community isn't just friendly, it's family. Oh, only a few people said amen. <laughs> Christian community isn't just friendly, it's family. Honestly, it's why some of you um, have struggled with a lot of church hurt because nobody hurts like family does. Uh, but the problem is, is, is you can't really experience the fullness of Christian community without making some family within that Christian community. And you can't be family if you're not vulnerable. But you can't really have friends if you're not a friend. And there is a difference between being friendly and being a friend. So two different things. And a lot of us, uh, we're, we're real good at acquaintances and waves and smiles and friendliness. But honestly, nobody really needs friendliness. We need friends. And those are different things. You know, we discussed today at all of our locations how, you know, your giving invests in ministry across the globe. Well, my friend Bart, who's a missionary in Romania who came and he preached and he prophesied me over me for 51 minutes in Center City that night. And um, I met Bart when I was a youth pastor in Texas and I was too busy um, and I kept running into him around town and he kind of kept pursuing a relationship and I just, again, I was too busy and I thought he was weird, which he is. <laughs> Um, but, but like, I just didn't realize, like, what, like, I'm so glad he kept, I wasn't just, it wasn't just a friendly high and by, like he pursued a true friendship with me. And, you know, I, I mean, to the point where when I got married, he flew, he was in Austria and flew for two days to be at my wedding. And he's been in my life at every, and been available to me at every critical juncture. He corrects me, he jokes with me, he prays over me. It's, it's everything in between. So many times I spend time with him and I'm going, man, I needed that. 
I said it before, but you, you make acquaintances by being friendly. You make friends by being a friend first. A lot of people, um, a lot of people wait around for people to be friends with them. And in my scenario with Bart, he kept pursuing me until we became friends, but I wasted time. And, and I think sometimes we, we wait around for people to overwhelm us to be our friend. And then we get annoyed that they're overwhelming us, but we're not reciprocating. And I just want to encourage you to be friends to people first. We don't need more friendly Christians. We need real friends in Christianity. I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm just saying we got enough high and by. I think so many of us think a handshake or smile is enough to develop deeply rooted community. Sometimes we gotta be a good friend first and see what God does. Because we, we ruin or we miss out on friendships by being inauthentic and petty. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna classify a few different personality types for a minute, okay? I, I, I wrote down about five different personality types. Here's the first one, the avoider. The avoider is someone who's embarrassed after making a mistake and they avoid consequences or honesty. You put problems under the carpet instead of dealing with it. It's hard to be friends with those who are avoiders. There's the denier. The denier is somebody who's been caught or found out but refuses to acknowledge any wrongdoing ever. Your insecurity is shelled with an enormity of pride. Everybody loses when you deny. The blamer. You are a professional finger pointer. It's always everybody else's fault or problem. I know you know no one likes that. <laughs> There's the fixer. You try to cover up mistakes quickly without saying anything else. You might say it's finished or handled when that was your intention, but it didn't get completed. And this is why you got no friends at your workplace, because that's how you'd be acting. <laughs> then there's the manipulator. And I'm not talking about you, the, I, the people online, okay. <laughs> there's the manipulator. You're great with words and you're willing to assume some blame, but are crafty in framing the problem or conflict as a greater problem never caused by you. You might assume victimhood and hero within the same scenario often making others feel or be the lesser. If you find yourself classified within some of those five different personality types, I promise you these things are limiting your ability to have deep community and friendship. Our value here is authentic community. Authenticity comes with vulnerability. Authenticity comes with honesty. Authenticity comes with attempts to engage others where they are at and let people engage you where you are at. No hiding, no pretension, just this is who I am in Christ. I'm a work in progress. Take me as I am. But don't let me stay here. Number two, Christian communities should practice effective conflict resolution. I used to teach this every year and it's probably been a couple years. So let me reteach it again. Here's what you should know. 
Conflicts are going to happen. Conflicts can be sinful, but they don't have to be. Conflicts should be addressed swiftly. Conflicts are God-ordained opportunities. And Jesus teaches about conflict and how to handle it brilliantly. Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17. Here's what he says. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, well, you've won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church or a church leader. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. So four steps here. Again, why I'm telling you to take notes. If somebody does you dirty, here's what you do. You go to them and you point it out. Hey, can we grab coffee? Hey, can we connect? Do not text this stuff. Do not subpost these things. Okay, so you talked about it. They don't see it. Then the next thing you do is you take one or two friends with you, not to gossip, but to get an objective point of view. And so what you do is you say, hey, my friend, we're not seeing eye to eye on this. I'm still feeling hurt. Do you mind if I get two or other objective brothers and sisters involved? You don't just show up with two or three people and be like, yeah, you, you can't do that either. But hey, can I get some objective? Because I just, I'm really hurt here. And here's the thing, like if they're willing to go with this, then like, you know, you've got a Christian brother and sister who wants to reconcile. If at that point, if at that point, you got two or three people, you guys still don't, can't get on the same page. And, it, and it's an important thing. Because sometimes some stuff you just got to let go. I've had to have many interventions with the location pastor who, of the Northeast, who I'll rename nameless, name nameless, <laughs> for who he cheers for. Pennsylvania law won't let me find him, but I tried. Okay, like that's not really what I'm talking about. But if that doesn't work, I just wanted to point that out just so you know. But if that doesn't work, treat them like Jesus treated tax collectors. Now on the, on the surface, it's like, okay, you're out. But the way Jesus treated them is he died for them anyway. So it's like, yo, you hurt me so bad. But I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to move on from this. One of the worst things we can do is assume. Because assumptions are the gateway to offense. Ask. The late Tim Keller says it like this. He says, our cultural differences are both the problem and the solution. It's why one of our other values is practicing unity. Because the reality is in a church like ours, 
where we are practicing unity, you're going to naturally gain diversity. Diversity is never the goal. Unity is. That's what God wants. And because of that, like Keller says, is cultural differences are the problem, but also the solution. The the problem creates tension that God actually desires to be worked on so that there can be understanding, which that's the only way unity happens. Acts tells us to strive to always keep your conscience clear before God and man. Romans tells us, if possible, do all you can to live at peace with God and man. Romans also says, let us make every effort to do whatever leads to peace. Ephesians says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Psalm 133.1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. That's what we're pursuing. An authentic community will fight the necessary battles to maintain and gain unity. Unity isn't uniformity. It is not thinking only the same way. It's fighting to love and you have a united front on the things that really matter. Number three, Christian community is heavy on forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, let me point something out about forgiveness, okay? Because sometimes, even when you go through all the steps, and sometimes, even after you've worked really hard, sometimes you can't restore the relationship, And listen to me, it is possible for two believers to still maintain their Christianhood and their believership, made those words up, and and not maintain a relationship. Or God fix and heal a situation, maybe, you know, there's so many scenarios, right? I mean, I've seen people who, they get divorced and God really does a work on both their hearts. And maybe the divorce was the problem of this spouse. Well, through a process of time, this spouse really goes through a time of of healing and, and getting right with God. But like, it would be okay that those two people don't hang out for holidays. It's okay, I give you permission. But if there's not a level of, okay, I forgive you because honestly, I'm going to be stuck with you in eternity. And if I don't forgive you, maybe I won't be stuck with you in eternity. And that's a hard thing for people to accept. Because if we don't forgive people, Why should Christ hold up his end of the bargain in forgiving us? Some notes on forgiveness. This is something I would need weeks and weeks and weeks to get into. Maybe we'll come back to it at some point, but you should write this down. Here's how to forgive people. You pray for them. 
You don't speak poorly of them. You release them from punishment. Do you understand what that means? You release them from punishment. You don't celebrate their failures. You treat them according to who they are, not what they've done. You don't keep a record of their wrongs. And again, what I mean by that is you can protect yourself, but you are not declaring that they are this when they are that. And to be honest with you, the best thing you can do is declare that they are that even when they're this. Before Christian community is meant for healing. It's meant for healing. Christian community is meant to illuminate the love of Jesus in every place of need. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Questions for you. Who are you bandaging and who is bandaging you? Who are you being honest with and vice versa? Who are you pouring into and who is pouring into you? Who is holding you accountable? We need to be near people who have been through what we're going through and what we've been through. We need to stay in community long enough to experience this. We need to be able to say to our friends, we started down here, but now we've advanced. And I have a friend who pastors in New York City and he had, he, he's raising three kids in a small New York City apartment. He's pastoring a church and they had such a challenging summer with venues. They had such a challenging summer with all the different things. And we, we've had our own challenges this summer and we get on the phone and we would just share all of our war stories, all the different things. And at the end of the summer, we got on the phone and we were talking about our summer. How was your summer? How was mine? Just going through all the things that happened. And he said, I really feel like God gave me a word that September is a month for breakthrough. September's a month for breakthrough for believers. And he said, watch. He said, watch. You'll see. September's a month of breakthrough. And I said, man, I don't know, man. It's hot in August. Like, I don't know. He's like, just watch. I, trust me. And as you saying that, like, I just felt faith well up inside of me. Like, I felt some of the wounds of the summer begin to heal. Because what does the Bible say? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And as he was pouring hope into me, healing was starting to happen to me. And last weekend, in our first weekend of September, what happened? We baptized 69 people. <laughs> On a, on, a, on a holiday weekend. What's better than that? Than seeing people cross from death to life? I don't know about you, but I believe in September is a month of breakthrough. It's already been, right? But it took, it took, it took my friend bringing that healing word of life into me. That spirit of prophecy that only Christian community can give you. As I close, last one I want to give you is that Christian community doesn't allow each other to settle. Hebrews 10, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, which is what we're doing right now, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. We're not meant to put a lid on one another. Rather, we're meant to help each other push through each new ceiling. I wanna encourage you this week, buy your friends something or buy your friends stuff. If they got a business, go buy their t-shirt. Promote each other on social media. Cheer each other on. Tell the truth. Hold each other accountable. What is accountability? It's just the other 50% of discipleship. Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. That's the first 50%. Go bring people to church, evangelize, see people come to Christ. But the second part of it, it means to help other people become more like Jesus. So accountability is holding people up to a satisfactory and agreed upon standard. And I want to encourage you as you jump into block groups, as you consider engaging yourself in a Christian community, some of you for the very first time, sometimes we just need real life stories to remind us, encourage us. And one of my favorite, one of our best block group leaders, Mo, she does a great job of helping others not settle. And before we go today, I want to encourage you with her story. Take it away. So without stepping foot inside the block church ever, I took a step out on faith and went into a new environment and signed up to join new to the church. Everyone there on week one was new. So I felt like I wasn't the only oddball, like no one had never met each other. In that sense, I felt a sense of community. And so I just started, I just started going to different block groups in a, you know, um, and it was nice being in these groups. It was nice, you know, communicating um, with other women and actually finding friends to say hey to at the church. During these block group sessions, everyone is on serving a team. They're serving on something, serving on creative, hospitality, production. And I felt compelled to in that moment, like they're serving. Maybe that is a way for me to do and be more intentional with the relationship that I have with my sisters in Christ. I should start serving. Prayed on it, prayed on it. I don't know, I I don't think I'm perfect because I'm not the typical or average, you know, I'm not trying to be nobody's pastor because I still sin and I'm still struggling here. And you know, most of my sin is road rage. And it was just something I sat in and prayed. And I remember top of the year, this year, 2023, I prayed to God and I said, God, I want to be more intentional for you. What do you need from me? That's what came into fruition of me leading a block group was taking another leap out on faith and trusting in God. I was extremely nervous because obviously leading a block group in your home, you're thinking of all the things that don't matter. Witnessing the women in my group, the miracles, the life changes, the transformation, that was something to witness. The vulnerability and transparency amongst each other as strangers initially, that was something to witness. But that was none other than God being present in our group. That was none other than us praying together, holding hands every moment and every chance we could. That was us releasing all of our fears, our trauma, our reservations of what this group was supposed to look like. 
I really wanted fellowship. Until this day, block groups that I that were led weeks ago ended. We're still fellowshipping. I mean, the whole group. We're still actually hanging out. We're still going out to eat. We're still in the block group group chat actively in the chat, checking on one another. Hey, are you going to the night service? It's just absolutely beautiful seeing God's fruition just come into life and seeing them have faith in God. But I can tell you this: that joining a block group. There is nothing to lose there. There is so much more to gain. You could be gaining a friend. You could be gaining a person to sit next to you at church. You could be gaining someone to hang out for the winter or holidays, or just a lifelong friend. Or you could just be serving God in a way where you're actually sharing your story, and you not knowing that you're actually helping the next person sitting next to you in that block group. I start leading. I'm starting it in community, and let me tell you how alive I feel. Leading the block group, leading a block group, was the best thing that ever happened to me. <clears throat> Mo was preaching, and I just want to say she's preaching to you. And there are people I think that even your faith. Even your faith might. This might absolutely be the catalyst you need to overcome some of the hurdles, some of those things you just keep coming up against. I want to encourage you. Take Moses' advice. Get in a group this season. Find biblical community. Stop messing around. Get your relationship with God elevated, soaring. That's what this community and this family does. And I want to invite you to be a part of it. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at the Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.